Thanks for checking out the Bridge Podcast. It's not a mistake you found us. We pray God speaks to you today. Check us out Sundays at 10.30 a.m. For more information, go to sfbridge.org. We're in this series called You Asked For It, and that series uh, has really been fun because it's answering questions that you guys have had or people within the community have had. And so today's question I love, and it's a really important question, I believe, and the question is this. Do I have to go to church? Or do I, or or another way that it was presented and kind of took a few different questions and painted them in one picture is, do I have to go to church to be a Christian? Or do I have to go to church to have eternal life? Like, do I, am I going to go to hell if I don't go to church is another way to look at it. And so, uh, I want to I wanna answer that question, and I'm not going to get to the answer until the very end. So I want you to kind of camp out with me. I've got a lot coming your way. So if you're ready, say yeah or give me a thumbs up. All right. Some of you did both. Those weren't the instructions. It was one or the other. Now, how many out here love summer in Minnesota? This is like, this is your go-to. You, you enjoy summer. Okay. I love summer. I used to love fishing. I I still do. I love the outdoors. I love hiking. I love camping. I love the boundary waters. I love all of these these things to do. I enjoy them all. Just get me outside. I love mountain biking, all of it. I don't care what it is. If you invite me to go do something with you outside, we're going. All right? I I enjoy it. I love it. And so this morning, what I like to do before I jump in, and this this all come together here for you, is this. I want to show you why you should take me fishing with you. Can I do that? A little brag page this morning. So I want to I give you a little, little braggery. So let me show you this, this first picture here. All right, so uh, the, you can kind of see, this is my second youngest son. This is Justice in the background here. And uh, this was a, a little over a 13 and a half inch crappie that he caught with me last year. Uh, he was too afraid to hold it. We tried for, you know, like 10 minutes. I didn't want to kill the fish. And so I had to hold it while taking the picture with him in it, you know. And uh, that's, that's my kids who don't like to hold fish. Let's go to the next one. There he is. Aww. It's so cute. I missed that hat. Um, the, my hat, not his. Come on. But that, this was, Justice, like, got this love of fishing when he was really young. And so this was actually at an ice fishing tournament that a church put on. And we went to, and, and Justice ended up winning the tournament because he was the only one that caught anything. This was... <laughs> This was the fish. Now, truth be told, where the tournament was, was the lake that I used to live on, and it was right in front of where our house was. So, I, you know, there, there's a little favoritism there. But he caught this, and again, still wanted nothing to do with touching it. But it was a nice, probably about a five-pounder. Go to the next one here. All right, so uh, th- this is me uh, when I was over 300 pounds. So we've lost 50. We're keeping it going. Come on, guys. Come on. And... Uh, you know, other than it was, it was like more comfy. It was nicer in the winter. But other than that, it's been good. This was, uh, this is a, one of my best friends. This is Matt Sandvig. If you don't know Matt, Matt was uh, the worship leader here for five years. And oh my dear God, I miss Matt. He is one of my closest friends. Uh, Matt, uh, him and his wife felt a new calling. And he is actually uh, a CFO now for a very large church down in Roseville. And he's just kicking butt for Jesus. It's so cool to, to see that. So we still get together and we actually fished the other day. And, and uh, of course I outfished him, but it was, uh, it was fun. So go to the next one here. All right, this, oh, look at that. JC, my daughter, my oldest, she's running media right now. So she's like, she saw the picture this morning. She goes, Dad, where's the like real good one? And uh, 
the, you know, because she has one where she was really young and she caught this huge smallmouth bass. It's actually my office. You can take a peek at it if you want. And that's Levi, uh, my, my right in the middle child, and he's out with Heather today. But that was a really nice bluegill they caught, so I wanted to take a picture of it. Uh, again, none of my kids like holding fish, so I have to, you know, do the whole thing. JC was probably the bravest of them all. She touched it for a second. All right, go to the next one. That's my wife. Aww. This, the, this is a really important picture, and here's why. This was, this was date night, and so date night for us usually involves two different places, usually either Taco Bell or Aldi, okay? So we, some of you know what I'm talking about, man. We've been married almost 19 years. I mean, 19 years next week that Heather and I have been married, so uh, that's awesome. And uh, thanks, Chris. Way to go. I'll, you don't, I'll, I'll clap for it. You don't have to. Um, I guess it's not cool yet, uh, but... This was her first smallmouth bass that she's ever caught in her entire life. And so she's like, she's like, get a picture of it. Get it. And she doesn't like pictures that much. And so I'm like, well, get one. And I'm so why? And she's like, it's my first smallmouth ever. I'm like, no offense, dear, but that smallmouth doesn't even deserve a picture. Like, it's, it, it's like a minnow. I mean, it's tiny. It's small. And she's like, and up to this point, while we were in the boat, this was on a lake in Elk River, she said to me, and she goes, she goes, well, you haven't caught anything yet. No joke, I'm not making this up. You can ask her five minutes later, go to the next picture. You want to mess with me? Bring it. Biggest smallmouth I ever caught. In fact, Heather even said, and it was literally five minutes, we were laughing so hard. And I said to her, because I knew she'd say no, I said, can I please put this on the wall, you know, at home? And she said, if you want. And I was like, whoa, and I let it go. But... Um, it was, it was well over five pounds, about 22 inches, a beautiful fish. Let me just show you a couple more here and we'll dive in. That was one of the biggest crappies I've ever caught. Uh, it was a little over 14 inches, beautiful. I have one on my office wall in the back. If that's not your thing, don't go back there. All right, and the last one here, or two more, I'm sorry. This, is, this was a kid in my youth group, and uh, I just want, this is Justin Johnson. He was actually the first drummer at our church when we started. He came and helped us for a few months driving from Eden Prairie up here. And this, this was uh, up north, two hours north of here. This was his first time ever ice fishing. I wrecked him. I totally wrecked him. We went out there. Within the first 10 minutes, he pulled this up through the ice on a tip-up, and I let him catch it. And he, it was over 18 pounds. It was about 38-inch northern. And, and if you look at the smile on his face, man, it just says it all. And let me show you the... Uh, is there two more or one more? One more. Here's the last one. This is the biggest fish I ever caught. So that was, that was last year sturgeon fishing with a, a good family friend of mine. And I know some of his kids and grand, grandkids go here. And so uh, that, was, that took me a half an hour to land up on the rainy river. And I'll tell you what, it was, it was fun. Everybody ever gone sturgeon fishing before? Isn't that amazing? It's so much fun. So um, anyway, here's what I want to do. I got a couple different scriptures. I'm going to be kind of all over the place and I'm going to be going a little fast. Can you keep up with me this morning? For those of you that said no, you're on your own. All right. I'm just kidding. We'll get everybody there, okay? Just stand up and wave to me if I went too fast, all right? Some of you are like, no way. Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11. Maybe you know this. It's a very familiar scripture. Uh, I know if I was in church, I I wouldn't have known this until a few years in. I, I didn't come to church until I was 17 years of age. But it said this. The prophet says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. 
plans to give you a and a future. Hope and a future. I love this. Unfortunately, we as a church, we do a really good job taking this out of context. Because we, we apply it straight to us and we go, man, it's talking about us. We're Americans. It's always talking about us. It ain't. What it's talking about is this group of people called the Israelites. And the Israelites up to this moment had been in captivity. And the prophet knew this. And they had been serving false gods. They had been doing things they weren't supposed to be doing. And the prophet Jeremiah spoke and said, basically, unless you change your ways, you know, a bunch of junk's going to happen. But he said, in either case, this was the prophetic word of God. He said, you are going to be in captivity for another 70 years. And so basically, you're going to be isolated from others. You're going to be under this captivity for another 70 years. And while you're in this, I want you to know, even though for 70 years it's going to suck, you're going to have to realize that God has a hope and a future for you, even though you can't do anything about it for 70 years. How many are you like, I want to serve God because of that? I would run for the hills, man. I'd be gone. Well, it gets better because our God, because he's relational, he's not into this like religious junk, he says this the next two verses, and we don't ever read these for some reason. And I love this, in verse 12 and 13, he says this, God's word says, then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. And here it is. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I love this. Because what he wants is he wants you and I to have hope and a future. And if you notice right here, how is it done? It is done strictly through a relationship. It's the only way. You'll seek me and find me when you seek me with your whole heart. Okay? If you are seeking to have a best marriage, what are you going to do? You're going to develop a relationship. You're going to take her out to Taco Bell or Aldi. Come on, somebody. Maybe Ruth Chris. I don't know. Somewhere good. McDonald's. And, uh... But it has to start relationally. And so to answer the question today, do I, need to be a, do I need to go to church to be a Christian? I want to start with the solution to that answer first and kind of work backwards. So this morning, where, wherever you're at, if you're comfortable doing this, uh, I want you to just look behind you. If there's anybody behind you, just, just look behind you. Look at them. Make, it's all awkward right now. Look, look to the side. Look to the side of you. Not, now, look to the side you didn't want to look at. Look in front of you, if there's anybody in front of you. All right? And, uh, okay. I, you see, we're, we're all people. We all look weird. And uh, we look good. You look good. Right there, what I just showed you was the solution. I'll unpack it here this morning. You see, uh, we're never, ever, ever going to get to the next journey as a church, without that person behind you, without that person in front of you, without the person on your left or on your right, we are in this race called life. You're never going to get to the end of the race alone. Can't do it. Oh, I I can do it. And I don't know about you. Let's just be real for a moment. I don't know another more independent and stubborn culture than ours. Some of you are like, I know, I'm it. (laughs) Thanks for convicting me this morning. You're welcome. We're extremely independent as Americans. 
You know, I remember uh, we, we moved up this way, and my wife grew up here. I moved here as a freshman in high school, and then I became a Christian, was serving as an associate pastor at another church, and this church was just south of here, and there was people that wanted to, uh, it was kind of the building boom before 2008 was happening, and people my age were looking for land to build at, and so what they would do is they'd go to the farmer and ask the farmer if they could have some of their land. Well, up here that doesn't work very well. And so I heard story after story after story of people within the church that would go up to this lady's farm and she would sit there with it cocked and loaded. Like, you're not messing with me. So if you think for one second that we're not an independent culture, we're a very independent culture, all right? It, it's just the way it is. Here's what it says in Hebrews chapter 10. It, Paul writes this, he says, let us not give up meeting together. Let us not give up meeting together. Let us not give up meeting together. Let us not meet, give up meeting together. It says it four times in a row there in my version. As some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Well, what does this mean? It means that we can't try to do it on our own. We, we can't. What was that? Are you saying, Chris, that I have to go to church? We'll unpack that. That's not what I'm saying, so stay with me. Uh, but together, together, the person behind you, person in front of you, person on your left, person on your right, Together is God's plan. Any movie bus in here? Come on, if you're not an outdoors person, you're a movie person. You're like a Netflix binger. Come on, where are you at? You're embarrassed to share, right? I love, I love Netflix. And one of my favorite movies, I used to love old Tom Hanks movies, Apollo 13, did you ever see it? Great, that's, that's, that's when like space movies used to be really good. And uh, if you ever saw the movie or you know the story, you were, you were older than me and you lived through that story, what happened is here they are in the shuttle and, and they've got this serious problem. And they're like, we don't know how to do this. We don't, we don't know how to figure this out. And, and I wanted to show you a clip, but the language in Apollo 13 is very colorful. And I didn't want to offend anybody. So if you're comfortable, go watch it on your own sometime. And just type in on YouTube, round peg, square hole, Apollo 13. They're up in space, and there's just a few of them in this shuttle. And they're talking back down to NASA, and they're saying, we need help. We can't do this by ourselves. We, we need help. And they're trying to do it on their own. But if they don't have another team or other relationships or other people that are helping them on the ground, there's, nothing's going to happen. They can't do it. And so you see them go back to NASA headquarters and, and they're working on this project and they have everything that they have on the shuttle on this table. And he goes, we got to figure out. And he's got this box and this tube, how to get these together with everything that they have up there and that's it and they come up with this incredible solution and and they were able to you know it's a miracle story they were able to get back to earth because of this it's a phenomenal thing if you like space man i I love this story but here's why because they had other people's going at it with them i don't know about you but one of the things that i want to do so badly as a church someday is go on a missions trip i love going on missions trips but they're not fun to go on by yourself they're fun to go on with other people in fact, uh, I had the privilege of leading a, a mission trip quite a few years ago to Jamaica, of all places. And, and we got to Jamaica. We went up in the Blue Mountains. We left MSP at 4 in the morning, which meant we were up at like 1. Get there at 4 in the morning. We don't get into our area. We flew into Kingston, Jamaica, and then we had to go north the Blue Mountains, a five-hour bus ride up to the top of the mountains. So altitude, it was just crazy. We get there. It's like 1230 in the morning, and the entire town is dressed in their their garb, and they've prepared a meal for us, and they actually, the whole town like celebrates our arrival because they hadn't had any outside influence in years. And I'm going, this is crazy. And so we're there, I'm leading a group of 27 people, and while we're there, here's what happens. The next, so that was Saturday, the next morning, 
we wake up and we're on little sleep, like three hours of sleep, basically a 15-hour travel day. And they said, Pastor Chris, what's up? And they said, are you guys ready? And I said, well, I'm ready to preach. I, I got the message ready. I'm ready to go. What church are we going to today? You're going to five churches. Huh? <laughs> Say that again? Five churches. I said, well, are, it's like, is somebody going to drive me from church to church so I can share the message at all of them? No, they're all at the same time. Okay, I don't, I don't know how to do this, you know? And they said, well, we need your other people to go and preach. And I'm going, there's one other pastor on our whole team. That's it. And I said, I said well, there's one other pastor. They said, we don't care who's sharing the message. We just want to hear their testimony and what God's doing. And so we go into five different churches all in one. And I, I went up to somebody. Just, just imagine me coming up to you right now and saying, hey, you know what? I need you to come up here and take my notes and finish the message. That's what it was like. Like, you come in, you're going to share your story. You've got to be prepared to in season and out of season. They come in, they, you know, they shared their story. It was this crazy faith journey because all the youth kids, like the older kids, Justin, the guy that had the big uh, northern, he was one of them. He was up for it. When I got to the adults, guys, they were scared to death. Absolutely horrendously scared. Like, I got to do what? Where? I'm going on the stage to share? Yeah, you are, because I can't be everywhere at the same time. And it was this incredible multiplication because of these relationships that they developed. The churches there are just incredible. The, the worship's awesome. They had like two and three-year-olds on the drum set. And, you know, it was, it, was just, it was just a whole different experience. Well, then what we had prepared was to do a vacation Bible school the next week. So we get down there and they said, are you guys ready to do your VBS? We got a group of 27. This is going to be a kick-butt vacation Bible school for the kids. And, and we're like, how many kids should we expect? And they're like, I don't know, 15 kids. Cool, we got it. And so they said, but that's at each location. I'm like, what? What are you talking about? They said, well, we have one location that's in the northern region, one that's in the southern region. And so I'm saying, you want me to like multiply here, our group? So we have one here and one there? And they're like, well, yeah. Okay. So we talk and, and we have another group doing one VBS. We're doing another VBS. We get there and the day, there's four kids. And I'm like, really? And, and so we planned and we brought crafts and Bibles and everything. We get there to this vacation Bible school. And by the end of it, by the end of the week, there was well over 200 and some kids that were there. And, were, and here's the coolest part. It wasn't about us being on stage and doing our skits and even our worship. You know what it was? I walked out and I watched our teenagers. You know what they were doing? They were getting their butts whooped by four-year-olds in soccer. And the four-year-olds loved every minute of it. They were trying for hours and hours to score a goal on these Jamaican soccer players. They couldn't do it. And all of a sudden, more kids would come. More kids would come. So we actually axed some of our other plans to say, you know what? You're developing relationships with these kids. This is what you're doing the whole rest of the week. Pastor Chris, I get to play soccer the rest of the week? It ain't about the soccer, bro. It's about these kids' lives. Go share Jesus, share your testimony. And so that happened. It was just incredible. Because together is God's plan. Together, though, let's be real. Might be God's way, but together's not always easy. One of the biggest reasons is people hurt people. If you have any offense ever, it's usually from a person, okay? You don't have to raise your hand here, but how many of us have been hurt by someone when we were vulnerable or we opened up or we tried to be relational and we weren't understood? There wasn't empathy happening. It was criticism. It was naysayerism. It was all that going on. Naysayerism, it's a new word. The enemy's way, though, we have God and we have the enemy. You can call him Satan, the devil. The enemy's way is alone in isolation. In fact, in the book of 1 Peter, it says, your enemy, the devil, 
prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Oh, thanks. That's encouraging. I hope so because it means don't be standing by yourself. You know, I, have you ever seen those Discovery Channel things? We don't even have it. I'll just YouTube it sometime. And, and man, man, if you're like into like, you know, animal stuff and all that, be careful because some of this is like grotesque. And so I turn it on and I'm, I'm searching like lion chasing zebra. Good stuff. And so I turn it on and I see this lion and they show two different things. They show one chasing the zebra and he's all by himself. And I can tell you if you're like really love your animals and, and you, you don't watch that. Now, if you see it where the zebras are together, you'll be fine. And this is what they, they learned scientifically, and I think it's God's creation. I think they, they both prove each other, is that the zebras, because of their stripes, when they are together, that's camouflaged and you actually can't see one and it confuses the predator and they run away. How cool is that design? I love that. I love that. In America today, we have never been more connected yet more isolated ever in history, ever. And more churches today that have the best dog and pony show, it attracts people for a while, for a while. And I don't blame anybody for going to those. They're great churches. They have great resources. You know, you come here, it's hard to hide, man, at the Bridge Church. Can't do it very well in this room. You can try you have to sit not underneath one of the beacons, though, in the dark. Okay? You go to one of those bigger churches, they got everything for you. It's all prepped and prepared. You can get your mocha, cappuccino, latte, double sleeve, no cup drink if you want. It's great. And I don't blame anybody for going to those. I think they're great, and we want to have a, you know, a great Sunday morning experience as well. But people only go there until they realize they're not connected with anyone. They go until they're like, the cool ran out. Let's be real. Does your spouse look the same way they looked when you first got married? Some of you are like, that's why I left her. No, I'm don't. <laughs> no, they don't. You're like, where did that little mark come from? I didn't know you had that mole. What, what's going on here? But you're committed to them, right? Because you've built an established relationship. Cool and honeymoon stage only lasts for the honeymoon stage. This is just a weird stat for you today. Do you know there are more cell phones in the world than toilets? Yeah, ponder that for a moment. That's really interesting to me. Yeah, see, you're still thinking about it. I'll give you a moment. Recent study, though, okay, and if you want the stats on this, you can text me. I'll send this to you. It shows that the average teenager has 300 followers on Instagram. 300 is decent, okay? But the majority of those that have the 300 followers on Instagram say they have only one real friend. 25% of these teenagers say they have no friend at all. I would be willing to bet, this is not in the stats, but I'd be willing to bet that's probably the same with us. Maybe we're just on Facebook because we're Gen Xers, all right, or older. But how many real people do we have in our lives? I have, I have no desire to come up here on this stage, this eight-inch tall stage, and, and, and pretend like everything is great when it's not. I have no desire to fake it till you make it. You're not going to find that in the Bible. I want to be genuinely real. What you see up here is what I want you to see when we go out to lunch together. 
I want to be vulnerable. I want you to be vulnerable. I want you to know that that I struggle with the same things you do. Just because you put pastor in front of the name, it doesn't change that I'm a human and that I get tempted and I struggle with very similar things to what all of us do as men and women. But this together thing, it's a choice. Being together is a choice, man. I, you know what's really fun? Up until two years ago, uh, I, you know, Derek wasn't here. Pastor Derek and, and his wife, Meg, man, they're a phenomenal family. If you don't know them, you need to get to know them. And uh, Pastor Derek and I, once a week, we do something, whether it's leadership training or whether it is hanging out or, or you know, eating somewhere. And, and I just have to tell you that those first seven years sometimes were a little bit tougher until Derek was here because now we get to hang out. I got somebody I'm doing ministry with. I got somebody I'm dreaming with. I have somebody I can, I can share my, the stuff I'm struggling with and, and he can share too. And we're doing life together. This week, you know what we did on Thursday? On Thursday, we were hanging out. We had a pastor's meeting. And so, you know what we did after that? We went to Excelsior. He's never been to Excelsior. We drove down to Excelsior and we threw a Frisbee around. Talking, dreaming, hanging out. And I have to tell you that that to me brings me more passion than, than like anything else is doing life with other people. It's incredible what happens. So we have to make this choice within the church. And so I'm asking you today to buy into something completely new for our church. You have to make a choice to do life with others. You have to get involved in something other than just this one hour where I give something to you, we regurgitate it, and next week you don't remember what I said last week. You know why I know you don't know what? Remember what I said last week? Because sometimes I don't. And I spent hours putting it together. But you know what I do remember? The special phone calls I got this week from you. The times that we hung out for lunch this week. The times that we just got together. So let me just give you a few ways, real practical. Take a screenshot of this if you want. Wait till I have them all up there. Real practical. And then I'm going to end with some biblical stuff here in just a moment. First is this. Uh, there's a ladies meeting. It meets here Tuesday nights. In fact, they meet here this Tuesday night, the 25th, from 6.30 to 8.30. It's bring your own dinner. Okay. Uh, you can call Lisa. Um, that's her number right there. I know it's small. You might have to take a screenshot. Maybe we can post this on the web. Second, there's a ladies' meeting the first Saturday of each month uh, at the Isani Coffee Shop. Talk to Dottie. We have two different ladies' groups happening, man. Get involved in one of these if you're a lady. You know, I get in trouble. We have this ladies' Facebook site. I get in trouble for stuff that's posted on there that I don't know about, and I'll let you figure out the irony to that. There's a fall men's one-night event. Uh, you can call me that we're doing uh, September 26th. I'm inviting all the men. It's one evening. Um, I'm asking you to clear your schedule because we're going to get together as guys outside of Sunday morning. Starting September 18th, Wednesday, we're going uh, this thing called Deeper that I lead. It's a Bible study. We just, it's, we just read through the Bible and we talk about it together. That's it. Real fancy. We love it though. We, we enjoy it. Um, today, today, I'm not asking you, okay, well, Someday I'm going to do one of these things. I'm not ready yet. This is my first time here. I've been here a hundred times. And I, try, I, I, I want you to throw the crappy excuses out and punch them in the face. Today, after church, you have no excuse. After church. Today. When? Today. Next week. Today. After church, we are going to the best restaurant in all of St. Francis. I'm not joking. We're going to McDonald's after church. So, you're welcome to come join us, and, and Derek's going to beat me there, and I'll be there as soon as I can, but you're welcome. We just want to come and hang out. Now, if you're like, well, I don't have the money for, to do this, I give you my word, and I've already asked him, Pastor Derek will pay for you, okay? So, we're just going to hang out. There's no agenda. 
Okay? But it's doing life together. Every single one of you need it, and you need it bad. Preach it, brother. I am. Thanks. <laughs> buy somebody lunch. If you don't have money, so I'll take you to lunch. If you buy, you'll get there. <laughs> Start something. Start a group. There is more anxiety outside of a group than in one. There's more anxiety outside of a group than in one. You know, maybe you're like, well, I don't like any of the groups that are the ways that we have. Great, God's speaking to you. Here is your sign. Start something. I don't know if I'm qualified. You're qualified. I don't know if I'm called. You're called. I don't know if I'm good enough. You're not. None of us are. Get over yourself. Wow, this is good. How much does he have left? You have to make this choice, though, to do life with others. I can't force it. There's only so much I can lead. There's only, only so, much, so many lunches I can have during the week until I'm going to get fatter, okay? Seriously. Like, man, we need to find places without the big carbs going on. Whew. But I want to show you this in the Bible here, okay? I've got about 10 minutes left. Hang with me. If you're with me, say yeah. You with me? Okay, it's going to get real, real now. Real, real. All right? Oh, last two things. I, I missed this. Bridge Marketplace. I don't want to miss this. This is real important. If you have a business or something you lead, please get involved with the Bridge Marketplace. You know, I had a really bad experience years ago uh, because somebody from church wanted to invite me out because they wanted to have a relationship. Woo! And it hurt me because I got out and I was like, wow, this guy cares about me. And we got there together. And you know what he said to me? He goes, Pastor Chris, I got this real cool thing I want to show you. Amway. If anybody here does that outside the bridge marketplace, you have my permission to slap them. All right, so the last one is this. Now, there's, there's a lot of businesses. That's good. But on June 21st, we have the baptism and the flip-flops and short service. We love this. This is a great time. And I love doing the baptisms. We go to Twin Lakes. And then afterwards, we have a picnic together, man. Bring a main dish and, and either a side dish or a dessert. In this church, I'm telling you, man, we know how to eat, okay? And, and this is one of my favorite times of the year because those that are getting baptized... Half their family comes, half the people there I've never met before. It's just fun getting to know their stories and hanging out. We've got to be okay with that or we're going to miss it as a church in today's world. Amen, I say. Or join a ministry. I don't have that up on the screen, but if you're like, well, I don't know. Dude, we'd love it. If you're, like, if you're a secret electric guitar player and you don't speak up, I'm going to lock you back in that closet. You know? Caleb's awesome. We want more guitar players if you're like, I'm not good enough on that team. We'll train you. We want you on the team. If you're like, I love kids, man. Help with kids wherever that's at. Not because we need you to do it, but because you know what happens? This team starts spending time together. You know what they did this morning? They already had McDonald's. They're getting it twice today, okay? Like they just hang out together. Now, let's bring it in here. In the last few minutes, we're going to get all biblical on you. And so if you have a Bible, you're going to want to open up to Acts chapter 13 with me. I want to talk, though, before we get to that verse, this. In the Old Testament, so before Jesus is on the scene, there's this guy named David. Everybody say David. David. If you've ever read anything in Scripture, have you ever, like, related yourself to a character biblically? you ever done that where you're reading? And I love it because all the characters, all the people in the Bible, they're all mess-ups. They're all screw-ups. Other than Jesus, ain't nobody got it right. They're all figuring it out. They're wrestling with God. They're... They're murdering people. They're killing people. They're, they're, you know, they're, they're teaching things wrong in the church. They're, they're doing all this stuff, and yet God is merciful with them. Thank you, Lord. And so you got this guy named David. And David 
when he's really young, is a nobody. He's really young. In fact, he's actually out. In, in fact, just to give you this quick recap, I'm going to give you about like a thousand years of history here in the next five minutes. David, King David, he is out in the field. You know why? Not because he was really good at it, because his parents didn't even know he existed. They had, he, they, they had, he was eight out of eight children, and they had David, and they, I think it was a little bit of a like a, whoops. I don't, I don't know that was supposed to happen. Oh, it was, and I'll show you why. And so here he is, he's out tending sheep. That's what they call it. I think he was, they thought he was one of the sheep. You just go out and hang with the herd. You're dirty, we don't like you. And so in comes this guy named Samuel. And Samuel comes to, to like anoint him. In fact, I want you to see this. Um, right here in Acts chapter 13, verse 22, it says, After removing Saul, he made David their king. God testified concerning him, I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own what? A man after my own heart. This is a New Testament, mind you. He will do everything I want him to do. Okay? So I, I love this. So back to the history. So you have this king named Saul. God speaks to this dude named Samuel and says, Samuel, you're to go and anoint this new king named David. And Samuel, an awesome prophet, is like, yes, Lord. And so Samuel goes up to David's house. He knocks on Eli's door and says, hey, yo, the anointed one of God is here. He's in this place. And the mom and the dad are, they're like, uh, uh, is he? Is he? Well, they're all here. All my kids are here. And, and Samuel's going through and like, no, the anointed of God, he's not here right now. He's somewhere else. And no joke, his parents, you can read it in the Bible. They go, oh, that kid? That one? That loser? He's, he's out there. He's out, oh, you can go talk to him. And Samuel says, bring him in. Bring him in. So they go and they bring David in. And Samuel, does, the next thing that Samuel does is incredible. And here's the first thing I want to give you this morning. Others will call the best out of you. Others call the best out of you. Okay? When you're relational in a healthy place... People call the best out. His family hadn't done that. Realize this. David, if you, if you had a good candidate to seek a counselor, David was it. Own family didn't even know he existed. Samuel comes and calls life out of him. Okay? It says this in 1 Samuel chapter 13, verse 13. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. I don't know about you, but the Spirit of God comes powerfully on you. Like, in other words, you're filled with the Holy Spirit and He gets to be a part of that. I would love that. The Spirit of God was on His life that day forward, on David's life. Why? Because Samuel had relationship and was able to speak in to David's life. If you read more, the incredible relationship they had as he was learning to be king was phenomenal. You know what's going to happen, though? You're going to have, it's a song. Haters going to hate, right? It's going to happen. But we need that relationship with others. You need to have people in your life that are positive. Get away from the negative influences. I've been waiting for a sign to get away from that relationship that's bad. There it is. And it's this thing called iron sharpening iron. That's what we have in life. Last two, others call out to God on your behalf. Okay? In other words, they pray for you and they got your back. I love people that have my back. King Saul, he's the current king, he was threatened by King David. And so God sent David this friend, his name was Jonathan, and Jonathan and David became best of friends. Here's the caveat of the story though, if you don't know it, Jonathan was 
King Saul's son. Okay? And so it put Jonathan in a weird spot, but they had this phenomenal relationship together. They did life together. They loved it. First Samuel chapter 23, verse 16. It says, And Saul's son Jonathan went to David at Horish and helped him do what? Helped him find strength in God. Anybody here need more strength than God? I'm guessing probably all of us. Whether it's time to celebrate or whether it's time that you need prayer, have somebody there, man. Have somebody there. It breaks my heart for anyone who's trying to do it alone. So stop waiting. Stop waiting. Okay? It's, it says this in the book of Proverbs. It says, A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for a time of adversity. In other words, you're going to go through stuff. Have a friend that walks through with you. That's what church is supposed to be. The last one is this. Others call out the truth in you. Okay? They call out the truth in you. They see it. King David, I got to tell you, man, he was great at empowering people. One of the best leaders in all of the Bible. Gave, gave his kingship away to others that helped surround him. And he had these quality people around him. And he had this prophet, per se, called Nathan. Nathan was allowed to speak into his life. Nathan was there to, to speak truth to him. And, and David opened that up. And so, if you're not familiar with, with this, here's what took place. David did some naughty, naughty stuff. Like, really bad. Okay, yeah. Some of you know. David would, you know, basically... David went to a show where there was dancers, but just one, if you know what I'm talking about. And, and he saw her, and he's like, I want her, and I'm going to kill her current husband to get her, because I love her, and, and I'm going to send her husband out to war where he gets killed on the front lines, and I'm going to take her and make her my, my wife, and I'm the king, I, I can do that. His buddy Nathan, the prophet, he comes up and he speaks to David. And, and I love this because, I don't know about you, when you have friends, they know how to speak truth to you tactfully, Right? Or they should. And so some of you are like, I don't have anybody like that. Just tell me how it is. You know, I'll speak tactfully to you. And, and, and so what happens is Nathan comes up and he says, David, let me give you a hypothetical situation. <laughs> he says, so what if there's this guy? And he does, you know, he lists all the stuff that David does. And David's like, oh my gosh, why would anybody in the kingdom do that? Have him killed? It's got to be done with it. No more. I can't. And, and, and Nathan just real gently, but like a knife in the heart, goes, that's you. And David repents. He falls down. He's like, oh my gosh, what have I done? And, and, and it's almost like this guilt at first. If you go back to that, we read it in Acts a little bit before. But it said in Acts chapter 13, after removing Saul, and made David their king, God testified concerning him and said this. This is in the book of Acts. Okay, so New Testament, after Jesus on the scene. I have found David, son of Je- This is after all the junk he did. A man after my own heart. He will do everything I want him to do. Why? Yeah, he was anointed by God. But what if he didn't have a Samuel speaking into his life? What if he didn't have a Jonathan praying for him, embracing him? What if he didn't have a Nathan to speak truth with kindness to him? You know what I did just now? I probably just described most of us in this room. I know it's me from time to time. We have never been, like I said, more connected as a society, and yet more alone. I dare you today to live openly together 
with the people next to you. I dare you to do life together. We're going to do our best to have a phenomenal service every Sunday, a phenomenal online service. But if we are not developing in smaller groups, in relational groups, if we're not continuing to, you know, if you lead a group and you don't continue to have an on-ramp to somebody else, then we're missing the boat. If, if you are you're the last one in here and the first one to leave after service, I'm going to pray for you because I believe God wants to get a hold of your heart because stop trying to do it alone. I know what it's like to feel alone. Moved 14 times, multiple schools growing up. I get that. But what if we're there for each other? Let me give you this and then, and then we'll, we'll close. Um, this last Wednesday, I had a lunch appointment at Beefo Brady's in town and, and I was pulling in and uh, um, it was right in front of Domino's and I just turned in right before that speed bump, that crazy one out in front of Domino's. And, and I turned in and I was headed towards Beefo Brady's and there's like that nail place and then Hong Kong Delight and that strip mall. And there was a lady, and, and if this was the curb, she was standing right here on the curb, and she had two crutches. And, and I drove by, I was talking to Heather on the phone, I had a very important lunch that I was actually running two minutes late for. And I look over at this lady who's on crutches, and she's looking around everywhere. And, and this, I believe, is the voice of God. And I believe God said, go help her. And this work got a little awkward. Um, I stopped, I, I got on my car, told Heather, I gotta let you go. And I went up to her and, and I said, do you need any help? She's like, yes, thank you. And, and I said, do you want me to like, and I just put up my arm, you know, and, uh, you know, a little chivalry, you know, we want to hold on and I'll bring you up. And, and this is a little weird. She goes, actually, can you just pick me up and like prop me up there? <laughs> you got it. So I'm like, some stranger, I don't even know her name. I, I grab her around the waist. And I'm like, this is awkward. And, and I... I pick her up and I put her there and, and she's like, nearly with tears in her eyes going, thank you. And, and here's the crazy part. I don't think I was supposed to be the solution to that. Right in front of that nail place was tons of people sitting there, tons of people working there. I'm not here to say anything bad about them, okay? But they were looking out at her the whole time. And it broke my heart to go, Sometimes we're afraid. I'm not judging anybody there. I think we're afraid to embrace that moment to moment. You know, I look at all those fishing pictures. You can go back. We just pick one. Pick one of them. Go back to you. It's my buddy. Of course, pick that one. Yeah. <laughs> Justice, Justin and I, I developed him as a, as a youth leader. I think he was 17 in this picture. Um, has been a dear friend my entire life. I don't get to see him as much as I wish I did. And uh, he, would, he would help me in everything. We, we established a relationship together. In fact, I'd go to youth uh, pastor conferences when I was a youth pastor. He'd come with me. And now he is one of the, the uh, chiefs of Eden, Fire De- Eden Prairie Fire Department. And I still get to hear stories of what he's doing. And, and it's just awesome, you know, to do life together. You know, I love that some of you here, I'm not going to pick on you, but some of you here were actually uh, in my children's ministry from 20 years ago that I've got to watch get married. You bring your kids here and I get to see your family from time to time. It's not because of the great worship or the great kids ministry even. It's because we had relationship together. We did life together. So I'm asking you as your pastor today, if you're part of the bridge or you want to be, there's always room for one more. Would you make a decision today? 
to do life together. One of those ways. We put that other screen back up? One of these ways. Today, I'm going to McDonald's. My dad used to call it McChokin' Puke, but we're going to McDonald's. I actually like some of their stuff. Breakfast burritos, man, that's my weakness. But it's not about the burrito. It's not about the fish. It's about us doing life, encouraging each other, and knowing that God, who has a hope and a plan for us, wants us not to remain any longer in isolation like the Israelites were. Some of us are. It's time to get out of that. Okay? I hope that you hear this this morning. I hope, I beg of you to do life with each other. Okay? Let's pray, and I'm going to pray for our meal. And as soon as I can, I'm going over to the Golden Arches. You're invited. I even warned the general manager today that I said, I hope after church it's busy there. She's like, we're ready, LOL. All right, let's pray. God, I thank you for every person here. Thank you for those I've got to meet today. I thank you for those that, man, have been here a long time. And maybe today is the day that we need to realize it's not about having the greatest service in the world, but maybe it's about doing life together. That is what it's about, God. I pray that the person right here would find their best friend in this room that needs that best friend. But I pray you'd bring the people who are needed in the lives to speak truth, to pray for, to encourage, to call the things out that maybe our own family hasn't called out. And so just have your way in our lives today. God, we thank you for the meal that we're going to receive and the time that we get to do together as a body of believers. Have your way, God. I pray that today through this message and through the next weeks and months and years to come, that this would pivot us to a new change. Lord, those that that you're speaking to of leading something that are afraid, God, I pray that you would walk through with them to get over that fear and be able to lead something under the vision, under the mission of what we're doing here. Whether it's a fishing group, whether it's a Bible group, whether it's a prayer group, whether it's a guys group, whether it's a ladies group, Whatever it might be, however it looks, God, would you just take those and use them for your good? And Lord, today, if there's anyone here, God, because the first relationship started with you, you didn't want heaven without us, God. So you sent your son. And whoever believes in your son receives eternal life. And I just pray, God, if there's anyone today that needs to pray that prayer right now, they would do it. They would accept you, Jesus, dying on that cross and rising for our sins, and that they would have the boldness to tell somebody else about it. So have your way in and through us today, through our lunch, through our times in the next couple weeks together. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. This has been a podcast of The Bridge Church. Have a great week. Stop in Sunday sometime and visit. If you would like to give, you can do so online at sfbridge.org. Have a great week.